Gentlemen, which brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. That's right, LT. Don't smoke crack. This is Tim. This is Online Big Blue. Bringing you the best of New York Giants sports talk entertainment. Oh, it's a Friday video. Why? Because I needed to piss some people off. I want to talk about Danny fucking checkdowns. Want to talk about mediocrity in the New York area. Um, want to talk about the fan base. Just want to talk about things that are just generally making me go crazy a little bit. I keep seeing things about Daniel Jones, and I keep seeing about how how Daniel Jones throws for 160 yards, but he was a catalyst for the game. Not the defense, not the fact that um, Kayvon Thibodeau had just as many touchdowns as the New York Giants offense, not the fact that if we don't have Graham Gano hitting those 50-yard field goals because we can't, the offense doesn't go anywhere, but it's all Daniel Jones. He's the catalyst. And I call him many different things. I call him Danny fucking checkdowns. I call him one drive Danny because he usually has one good drive a game, and that's about it. But I find it interesting that this new breed of Giant fan, this new fan base of Giant fan, it's not new, it's, there's, there's some old-timers mixed in there, I bet, has accepted mediocrity. Has accepted mediocrity and has dubbed it, you know, vital to the team. And I laugh because you look at what the Giants offense is doing, you look at what they've done the last three seasons, and I've said this a million times and I've said it again, you've had three offensive coordinators, two head coaches, and a partridge in a pear tree, and the offense has been terrible, you've changed personnel, you've changed offense line, there's only been one constant to the entire offense, and that is Daniel Jones. But somehow, Daniel Jones, who has been in the league, is 25 years old, been in the league for four years, is 8-5-1, is moving his team, and I like how people will point out, well, he's got all these game-winning drives. And then I love it, because fourth quarter game-winning drives. And I love it because you go back and look at him a little bit. There's two drives where he threw a total of, or two drives, two games, where he threw a total of one pass in the fourth quarter. He had one game with this game-winning drive where he never threw the ball once. He had another drive where he threw it once in the fourth quarter. But we don't want to talk about stats. We don't want to talk about information. We don't, want to, we don't even want to look at our own eyes. We don't even want to use the litmus test of our own eyes of what we can see because mediocrity is so much better. It's like Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder had that big hit on Derrick Henry. I pointed out Tay Crowder's faults last year. And I've said it before. If you are a starting middle linebacker and you have a, a, a plethora more assists than you have solo tackles, you're not doing your job. Defensive linemen... And line, middle linebackers should have more. I always should have more solo tackles and assists. Why? Because they are leading the point of attack. That's why I pointed out Dexter Lawrence's play has dropped off a little bit because of the fact that he is having more assists than he is solo tackles. Because that means he is not making the point of contact. He is not that person that is holding up the line. He is allowing them to get into the second level. And then we have what to refer to as pile on stats. Tate Crowder did the same thing, but Tate Crowder had that big hit week one. Everyone was anointing him the next Harry Carson. I kept saying, no, people look at his game. He's undersized. He's, he's, he's overmatched. I, I jokingly said that he's going to be selling me drill bits in Home Depot, and people got me mad, and people got mad at me. Because if you look at what he's done, people play, well, he had over 100 tackles last year. Yes, but majority of those tackles were solo tackles. He had more solo tackles. Excuse me. He had more assists than solo tackles, which tells me he is not making the point of contact, which tells me he's doing what they refer to as pylon stuff. He's a map. He's a mopper upper. He's jumping on the pile and getting the stat that way. But it was mediocrity over one hit that, and I said this before, one hit does not define a career, but it was the mediocrity of his play that allowed people to think he was more than what he is. And it's the same thing with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has one good drive a game. One good drive a game. 
You have a head coach that's come out and said, you know, if we had to throw the ball 35 times, we're not going to win. If you look at the times that Daniel Jones has thrown that many times, we, we haven't played well. Because of the fact that they don't have faith in him. They don't believe in him. But the fan base does. The fan, a segment of the fan base has, has the cult of personality with Daniel Jones. But they don't look at anything beyond the fact that you have a 25-year-old quarterback who statistically is near the bottom in every important category in the league, whose offense is stagnant at best, who can move the ball at times between the 20s, but can't when he hits into the red zone, can't score. But that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna look at this and we're gonna tell we're gonna sit there and say mediocrity is okay. People will try to compare him to Phil Sims. I lived through the Phil Sims era, and I guarantee you a lot of people on YouTube have not. I was there when they drafted Phil Sims in 79, where he was one of the offensive rookies of the year, where he played well, where he was leading the Giants into the playoffs in 81 before he got hurt. Phil Sims' career was not defined by mediocre play, mediocre play. It was defined by injuries until that 84 season, where then he then became the first giant quarterback to throw for over 4,000 yards. People will talk about Eli Manning. Eli Manning still showed a progression from year one to year two, and then he plateaued from three, uh, two to three. And people thought that's what his ceiling was going to be. But I never, I didn't disbelieve that he wasn't going to play well because you know what? He showed enough talent. He showed enough big playability. He showed something. People talk about how 2007 people got down on Eli Manning. I wasn't one of those people that got down on Eli. Because you could see something in his game that was special. You could see something in his game that was different. When Eli Manning, even early in his career, got the ball in the fourth quarter, you knew something was going to happen. That last season as a starter with Pat Shermer, he led the team in five games. In five games, Eli Manning led his team back in the, with less than two minutes left. And the defense lost four of those games. And of course, one of them was on the Graham Cano record-breaking field goal, record-tying field goal. But if you look at Daniel Jones, he's mediocre. He's like white. He, he's he's like vanilla yogurt. He's gonna. He's he, you know what? He may be good for you at times, but who wants to eat vanilla yogurt all the time? Nobody. You look at what he's done for this giant. He only has twelve passing touchdowns the entire season. Twelve. You have Mahomes with thirty-five, Burrow's thirty-one, Josh Allen thirty, Geno Smith twenty-six. Cousins, 26. Lawrence, 26. Tua, 26. Jared Goff, 26. Derek Carr. Jalen Hurts. Tom Brady. Andy Dalton has Andy Dalton has 17. Lamar Jackson, who has 17. Dak Prescott has 17, has only played in nine games. Jimmy Garofalo, who's only played in 11 games, has 16. Marcus Mariota from Atlanta has 15. Justin Fields has more. Kyler Murray, who was out with only played 11 games, has 14. Are we seeing a little bit of a we're seeing a little bit of problem here? Are we seeing a little bit of a uh, of a dilemma? You then look at yards gained per attempt. Tua leads the league at eight point six. Daniel Jones is at six point six. Six point six. Then you look at adjusted yards gained per passing attempt, and usually that's a little higher than what you usually that's a little higher than your yards gained per passing attempts. Tua's at 9.3, leads the league. Jalen Hurts is at 8.7. Daniel Jones is at 6.8. So he's gone from 6.6 to 6.8. You look at yards gained per completion. Tua leads the league at 13.3. Zach Hurts. Zach Hurts. Why am I saying Zach Hurts? Zach Wilson. That's how upset I am. Zach Wilson, who's only played in five, eight games, who is eight and three as a starter, is second in the league at 13. 
Where's Daniel Jones on this list? Oh, 27th at 10.1. Are we not seeing an issue here? We're not seeing a problem here. But then people will point out, well, the Jones has been sacked so many times. He's third in the league with 41 sacks. Jones also holds on to the ball longer than anyone else in the league in the pocket. He spends the most time in the pocket. He leads the league in that stat with time in the pocket, which means he is not looking downfield. He's not processing. He's not going fast enough. And I love the fact that people will point out, well, he doesn't have any of his weapons. This guy, we've pointed out on numerous occasions, many analysts have pointed out on numerous occasions, he's got guys open. He's just not looking. He's just not looking that way because he's not processing fast enough. He's not thinking fast enough. The game is not moving in his ability, in his mind, fast enough. And I love it because this is a guy that's supposed to lead this team. And we look at these stats. If I would tell you right now that your quarterback will throw for 2,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, and four interceptions, and be pretty much last or towards the bottom of any statistical category, and I did not have the name Daniel Jones attached to it, people would go crazy. People would say, no, 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 no. We can't have that. That's, 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 not, that's, not what, that's not what we need. But then if I tried to sell you on the fact that, you know, we could have a quarterback that throws for right now, same amount of games, 3,818 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions, people would be like, yeah, that's great. We, we, we want that. And complete 65% of his passes. That's Kirk Cousins. What if I told you you're going to have a guy that completed 71% of his passes for over 33,670 yards for 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions? And that's Geno Smith. What if I tell you you got another guy that has 65% completions over 3,600 yards, 23 touchdowns, and seven interceptions? That's Jared Goff. We look at mediocrity right now at certain parts in, with the New York fan base, and we thrive on it. We, we look at it. We try to find the gem in it. We try to find that little hidden. There, there's something special there about Daniel Jones. There's something special. There's nothing special. Vanilla yogurt is not special. And I, I it, it just it just makes me go crazy that people look at the record and go, who's eight, five, and one? Well, yeah, because Saquon Barkley has nothing to do with that. The renaissance of the Giants has nothing to do with Saquon Barkley turning everything around. The Giants get a big game, not a big game, but they get a better game from Saquon Barkley on on Sunday night and they win. But somehow it's all Daniel Jones. It's all Daniel Jones. The Giants are two, four, and one in the last seven games. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna mention that. We're not gonna talk about the quarterback. Because of the fact that if we admit that he's mediocre, if we admit these things, then we admit our team is mediocre on the offensive side of the ball. And then we admit we, we, admit we have made a mistake. You have another guy that's completed 63%, only played in 13 games, for over 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That's, again, Justin Fields. You have Marcus Mariota, who's who's at time in Atlanta, who was Atlanta to me as much less talent, has 15 touchdowns and nine interceptions, and completed 61 percent of passes. Kyler Murray, like I said, Kyler Murray's out. <laughs> Andy Dalton is having a better season than Daniel Jones, but it's mediocrity. Mediocrity feeds the beast, and the beast right now is the Giants push to the playoffs. Now, some people aren't going to like this video, and I don't care. Because of the fact that people need to listen, people need to understand, people need to put their fan hats back, take their fan hats off and put their actual NFL hats on. 
I've noticed this over the last couple of years that I think in some regards, NFL fans, because of Madden, I always blame Madden, have gotten less intelligent in reference to a, in regards to the game itself. I always find that the, the most intelligent fans to me are usually baseball fans. I'm not, I'm not counting soccer as an American sport. I'm going to say an American sports. I usually find that the most intelligent fans are baseball. I would say baseball, hockey, basketball, then football fans. And football fans used to be higher on this list. When I was a kid in the 70s and the 80s, they were, you were higher on this list. You knew everything about your team. You knew everything about Franco Harris, who just, God rest his soul, just passed away. You knew everything about their quarterback. You knew everything about their backup quarterbacks. You knew everything. You knew every nuance. You understood the fact that if you had a guy that's only thrown for 12 touchdowns in 14 games when the league leader is 35, that you have a problem with your quarterback. You learn these things. You understand these things. And then people are going to say, well, you know what? You got to look. He's, he's more important to this team. You know, also, he, he, with his legs, he's, he's, he's running the ball quite extensively. Really? <laughs> That's that's the other thing we're gonna. That's the other thing that people are gonna look at. He's he does so much more. He's he's. I love it because now people are like he's clutch. When has Daniel Jones been clutch? Can someone explain that to me? When that happened? Because I must have missed those days. I really have. He will have his moments. We talked about this a million times. We talked about this ad nauseum. Sometimes players have moments. And a moment such as our old buddy, Tay Crowder, had his moment week one. Had his moment. And I even said it before when people were, were extolling the virtues of it. I was like, he didn't hit him. He hit him from the side. He didn't take him on head on and go after him. He, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't do that. He hit him from the side. And Derrick Henry even said he, he, he knew then he had to start lowering his shoulder, and but he was running too high. He needed to run lower. But he had his moment, and players will have that. Jones has a moment in every game. We've said this before. He'll have his moment. He'll have his one big drive in every single game. And that's why I called him One Drive Danny, because that's what he does. He'll have his one drive. And at the end of the day, that one drive is great. But the problem is you sometimes need to score more than seven points or six points one time. You can't rely on Graham Gano. You can't rely on the defense. And those people that are saying after the performance the other day that this giant defense is as good as it was in 2011 and 86 and 90, you're fucking crazy. And I got to stay off Twitter, but you're fucking insane. It was one game. It was one moment. One moment in time. That's what you need to look at. And the problem is with Daniel Jones, he has had four years to have his moments. He has had 52 games to have his moments. He has not shown anything that you sit there and say, he is, he is remarkable. He had 24 touchdowns, 11, 10, and 12. And people say, well, he cut down his turnovers. He, he cut down his turnovers. He also cut down on any type of effectiveness he had being an NFL quarterback because these teams and the NFL and his coaches know what he is. I've speak, I've spoken to this many times before. I've spoken to a gentleman who told us he worked in the league for 30 plus years. He told me the giants and you go back and watch the video. He told me the giants would not pass on driving uh, drafting Andrew Thomas. He told us a bunch of things that came true. It came to fruition. He also told me three weeks ago that anyone outside of New York really looks at Daniel Jones and doesn't see what the fan base is seeing. 
they see mediocrity. No one's afraid of Daniel Jones. No one's afraid of the passing attack. No one's afraid of his processing ability. It's roll out left, play action, roll out right. When you throw the ball and complete 15 passes in one game behind the line of scrimmage, it's because the team doesn't trust you to throw down the field. I said it during the broadcast. It's okay to throw. There is nothing in the NFL rulebook that says you cannot throw the ball more than seven yards down the field. Even when Joe, even when Bill Walsh ran with Joe Montana and Steve Young, the West Coast offense, they still threw the ball deep. And people say, well, Timmy had Jerry Rice, he had Jonathan Taylor, he had Frank, he had, all, he had Roger Craig. It doesn't matter. A good quarterback makes players better. Eli, I've said it a million times before. Look at Eli Manning. Eli Manning had a receiving core at times. And then when these receivers left to go on to greener pastures to get away from Eli Manning, all their careers ended, except for maybe Shockey and Odell Beckham, but it took him like three, four years to find his footing and, and actually you know, reach a Super Bowl. And that was more because of the fact that he dropped, off, he dropped himself over onto the Rams. He made his guys better. He made his players around him better. He created throwing windows. In 2011, the New York Giants had the worst offensive ranked offensive line in the entire league. Eli Manning would take a beating every game. I still talk about that game in San Francisco, the playoff game, where he had his head turned all the way around, 360 degrees around, it seemed like. But he still got up and threw the game-winning touchdown. That's what a quarterback does. That's what a leader does. He was not mediocre. And he know what he may, he may, Eli Manning may have been above average at certain parts of the season, but when the money was on the line, when the chips were in the middle of the table, Eli Manning was beyond an all-pro, beyond a pro, a pro bowler when the game was on the line. And like I said, his moments, Eli Manning's, came in 2007 and 2011. And he had other moments during the rest of his career, but those were his moments. But he had moments over longevity of like five, six games where we don't win in 2007, we don't win in 2011 without Eli Manning. There's a lot of games. Like I said, you could place another quarterback on this giant. People talk about Justin Fields being the MVP. I think Justin Fields should be the MVP. And people talk about how if you take Justin Fields off this team, that they're just as good with some other quarterback. And I don't believe that. I believe you take a different quarterback and certain quarter. I believe you putting Justin Fields on the Giants, the Giants are a different passing team. I believe if you put a different quarterback on the Giants, the Giants would be better in reference to the passing game. I do not believe if you take Justin Fields off Philadelphia that that team is better because of the fact that they rally around them. They understand they have something. Sometimes you have that machismo. Sometimes you have that, that certain je ne sais quoi. Daniel Jones doesn't have it. Daniel Jones is vanilla yogurt. And people need to get over it. And again, this is Tim with the Online Big Blue. We'll bring you the best in New York Giants sports talk entertainment. And as always, if you like, you subscribe. If you're ringing that button, it means that you also. Awesome.